Right, hello everyone. Welcome into another episode of the Buffalo Beat. This time, the Bills defeating the New York Jets. Actually, the second time this season that they've done that. Uh, they win by a score of 18 to 10. A little bit closer than I'm sure many would have appreciated, but nonetheless, the Bills get out of MetLife Stadium with a victory. They're now five and two on the season, and they they put an end to that two-game losing streak that they had going on there. Welcome in, everyone. My name is Joe Biscaglia. With me is my podcast partner, Matthew Fairburn, and we'll go over a lot of different elements to this game. And, uh, you know, some some of the parts to this game were especially uh, infuriating, I'm sure, for some fans out there. And if you would have taken a, uh, a poll at the end of the first half, people would have been, I think, <laughs> pretty... Uh, Pretty intently frustrated based on what they saw. But we also saw the defense kind of pick things up against a pretty bad opponent, if we're being honest. Um, and and trying to get things going in the right direction as they were moving forward. But uh, I guess from an offensive or defensive perspective, what really struck you, Matthew, more than anything when, when it was all settled and you, you sit back, you think about the game as we often do. And you go, okay, well, here's what I learned or didn't learn about this team the most um, from, from this game. I think the number one thing is probably that the defense or the version of the defense that we saw quite a bit last season is still in there somewhere. And it's, it's the Jets, so it's hard to extrapolate this and say the defense is fixed and they figured it out and they got right and all that. I, I really don't buy that. Uh, it's so much a week-to-week league, and the Jets are really, really bad. Like I, I think Sam Darnold is broken. Uh, I, I don't know that he was ever a good quarterback prospect, but if he ever was, I don't think he is one anymore. Um, I could probably count on one hand the number of impressive throws he made today um maybe on one finger uh, i could count those yeah. so like he was the zone beater yeah. on the corner i, I don't think he's <laughs> i just don't think he's all that good and he hasn't really played an impressive game against the bills i think maybe that game he played his rookie year was the the most impressive one where you saw some flashes he's just mm-hmm. I, I don't know he's just not very good um which is could be a good thing for the Bills. Um, you know, you don't want to have a promising young quarterback in the division, but if he's as bad as he looks, then Trevor Lawrence might here be here this time uh, next year. So um, double-edged sword there. But I would say still a positive sign for the defense um, to do what they did in the second half, allowing, what, just four total net yards uh there's no other way to say it other than that that, that's a great job in the second half. Uh, There were some moments in the first half that were concerning. They were getting gashed by Frank Gore a little bit. Uh, He had 60 yards. And the Michael P. Ryan. And the Michael P. Ryan. I mean, 99 total rushing yards for those two guys. Um, Doesn't exactly tell me that they've got it all figured out against the run. Uh, I didn't think Tremaine Edmonds played particularly well, but I did think there were some individual performances on the defensive side of the ball that were uh that were noteworthy jerry hughes had a great game uh, he's been playing well all year but finally finally, right? finally got I mean, some of the, the numbers to he gets go along the, sti- with it. the statistical thing to go along with it now everyone that was kind of like well where's the sacks well there it is yeah he it's got right there. It's, a, it's amazing what happens when some teammates chip in. and i thought 
all along the defensive line, there were some some good showings. I thought Ed Oliver was was really good. Um, you know, generating yeah, a agree. lot of push and and getting into the backfield. Uh, Trent Murphy, I thought, had some some good moments. AJ Epinesa had some moments. Uh, Quentin Jefferson had the big knockdown. So all along the defensive line, there were individual performances of note. Um, Dane Jackson stepped up. So. Um, mm-hmm. maybe they have a potential answer at number two cornerback. Uh, again, it was Sam Darnold, so he kind of gifted him that interception, but confidence uh, is good to have for a cornerback, and I'm, I'm sure he's got plenty of it after this game. So I, I think all along we've thought the ingredients for the defense to get on track were all there. Um, I don't know if it'll be there consistently throughout the year. You don't get to play the Jets every week, but – it probably helps that they they had this game to it, it felt like they were relieved to get a win. Um, at times, you wondered whether they deserved a win, uh, but the defense stole one for them. In that way, it felt very much like 2019 um, mm-hmm. or, or even 2017 in some ways. Um, so that, I think, was the, the big positive. The offensive side of the ball is kind of a different story for me, but I think on the defensive side of the ball, they, they get pretty much good marks across the board other than um, there's obviously some signs that the run defense isn't quite, quite back yet. And I, I think Tremaine Edmonds still has something to do with that. Yeah. Uh, there, you, you got to a lot there. And so I'm just going to rattle off some, some random things that popped in my brain as you were talking there. Uh, we'll start with Edmonds because he's been kind of the, the focal point here for a lot of people. Um, it was quite telling that on Friday, Sean McDermott said that he wants his middle linebacker to be more decisive and, you know, you diagnosing plays a lot quicker. And certainly sometimes you just have to blow stuff up. And there were times in that Jets game, I actually saw him do that. And from that perspective, it was a slightly encouraging sign, but there were still too many times where he was just a little bit too hesitant or uh, he's on the wrong side of things. I thought AJ Klein particularly struggled again outside of, you know, the one blitz play he had where he, he helped bring the quarterback down. Um, He's just, he's a weakness every week. And for as long as he's in the lineup, the bills are probably going to struggle with that other linebacker, which in turn will impact what Tremaine Edmonds is able to do. Um, and I will come back, circle back to this point because I wanted to talk a little bit about Matt Milano's uh, impact on this game because I thought it was it was a pretty strong one even though he was only on, on some short snaps. But that in a minute. Um, the defensive tackle thing against the run, it's very clear that they still do not have an answer for what they want to do with their defensive tackle rotation. After last week, um, having it mostly be Oliver with Jefferson and Butler with Zimmer, this time they switched it up. At the beginning of the game, they had Oliver with Butler and Jefferson with Zimmer. Those two things didn't work. They kept mixing and matching in the second half just to try and find something that worked. And then basically they were ahead at that point. The Jets all but abandoned the run and and they they kind of got away with with uh, not really having to defend the run all that much in the second half. So that's still a to-be-determined what they need to do. And it's incredibly telling to know or have a pretty strong idea after what the Chiefs just did to you this, this past week that the Jets are going to attack you on the ground 
between the tackles. And the only true one technique on the roster that you have, you make him a healthy scratch again and a former third-round pick uh, uh, nonetheless. So that's if, if you want a strong se- uh, sentiment and statement on Harrison Phillips and what they view him to be, there it is right there. Because this this could have been a uh, a confidence booster for him to get better at, at, at defending the run, and they just they didn't deem him worthy of, of a play in, in this game. And that that should speak volumes as to what uh, what they think of him right now. Um, but from a plus side, their pass rush was great today. Um, they had advantages all across the line, and they were great all uh, for the majority of the game. Hughes was a factor all game long. Um, Quentin Jefferson and Ed Oliver, when they were together as pass rushers on obvious passing downs, they were really good working together. Um, I thought Mario Addison had a, had a pretty solid day. Daryl Johnson put to get, put a nice rush in, but they didn't really play Johnson and Epinesa all that much. I think they got like a total of 15 snaps between them. It was basically all Hughes and Addison out there, and Murphy, I think, had a little over 40% of the snaps. So, But the pass rush in totality had a really nice day, and it set the tempo. And not only was it just one guy and Hughes uh, continuing to impact the pocket, it was multiple. And then... They, they knew that they had a couple of things working for them that they didn't in previous games. They knew that uh, Darnold would hang onto the ball a bit longer than Ryan Tannehill did uh, in, when the Bills took on the Titans. And so they knew that was going in their favor, so they knew they would have some opportunities. Also, um, they, also uh, they know that Darnold struggles with pressure, and so they brought it in the second half and made him start guessing and they they knocked him off his spot which created more anarchy in the backfield. I thought it was a it was a strong defensive game plan in the second half. I thought the the performance of the pass rushers were was particularly good and then you look at uh the secondary as well. I think they really stepped up their efforts in, in this game. But we have to throw down the caveat. It's the Jets. This is the worst team in the NFL. They are the worst, the least talented team in the NFL. They are probably the worst coach team in the NFL. This is a team that you should dominate. To the Bills' defense's credit, they did so, and and you you have to say, all right, they they had a task ahead of them, they completed it. But did we learn that this is a defense that turned the corner? I don't think so, but. Like you said before, a little bit of confidence goes a long way with these guys, and um, we'll have to see how this translates against a much more efficient rushing attack in the Patriots, who are probably pretty ticked off by the way that they just got embarrassed at home by San Francisco. Yeah, the Patriots are in an interesting spot. They look certainly vulnerable. They look you know, ripe for the picking at this point. Um but that things can change very quickly in the NFL. The second everybody starts talking about, you know, the Patriots being cooked or, or being done, you know, things can turn quickly. This feels mm-hmm. a little different the way people are talking about them right now. And I have to go back and watch that game. But um, that's an interesting matchup next week with the Bills. Obviously a much better team than what they just saw in the Jets. I mean, to be trailing by 10 to the Jets at all, um, speaks to, I guess, how ready they were to play this game. Um, they, they just weren't in it in the first half. They were out of sync on both sides of the ball. And 
Yeah, the the defense didn't have the best first half, but the Jets just didn't have enough to take advantage. You know, they were letting up long mm-hmm. drives and um, really getting gashed on the ground. But it felt like once uh, the Jets ran out of their their script, you know, of the first however many plays that they were going to run, uh, they didn't really have anything else uh, up their sleeve. And I think that was kind of the problem uh, with this Jets offense for most of the day. And uh, Sam Darnold was a pretty easy target for the Bills' pass rush, as he was uh, in the the first week of the season. They had a pretty good, pretty good go against him then too. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know that you're going to take this and repeat it uh, week over week. They face some much tougher offenses coming up on their schedule. They've got the Patriots, the Seahawks, um, and then. After that, in no particular order, because I can't remember the schedule beyond two weeks, it's the Cardinals, it's <laughs> the Chargers, the Steelers, um, some pretty legit offensive teams, uh, some good passing attacks and uh, teams that can mix it up. So bigger tests certainly to come. Um, but allowing 10 points and shutting down the Jets the way that they did is what they should be expected to do. And the fact that it didn't get out of hand after the way it started, I, I think is definitely a solid sign on that side of the ball. Nothing is fixed. Nothing is, uh, you don't turn a blind eye to, to whatever happened the last few weeks. But uh, for a defense that was reeling a little bit and, and the subject of a lot of criticism, they responded to it uh, about as well as they could have, uh, especially in that second half. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I mentioned the the Matt Milano thing. And I think this is a good spot to to talk about it. This was the first game that he was, he was back since his pectoral injury. Um, he missed the last two games and he was not an every down player against, against the jets this time around. The bills wanted to bring him back slowly, but they also realized that they had a major league issue on third downs and allowing teams to continue to stay on the field. And they also probably recognized that a big part of that problem was the fact that they had A.J. Klein or Tyrell Dotson in in the lineup next to Tremaine Edmonds. And they're not going to move off Tremaine Edmonds, who has been struggling, of course, but having two negative performers at linebacker certainly not going to do things for you in coverage when you're usually setting up your defense to... Uh, force these third and four, third and fives, and and then protect the the, the first down line. And, and when you have a couple of linebackers who just aren't aren't with it at that point, then then you're going to struggle. And so coming into this game, the Bills were the third worst uh, in giving up third down conversions to teams. I believe they were giving up third uh, first down um, conversions on. 53.5% of third down opportunities for their opponents, which is really, really, really bad. This game, they only allowed two of eight. And that's obviously a massive improvement because that's only 25%. So where does Milano fit into all of this? Well, Milano's role was very specific. They only brought him in on third downs, fourth downs, and at the end of the halves where it was obvious that the opponent was going to pass. So in total, Matt Milano had 15 snaps uh, on the field for the Bills. And in those 15 snaps, just to show you how important Matt Milano is to this operation, the Jets only gained 16 yards 
That's 1.1 yards per play. And of course, Milano is not uh, the the guy that is going to be doing everything on every single one of those plays, but his presence matters. His presence factors into what uh, what the opponents do and and where he positions himself and how he uh, how he rushes the, the lane like that fourth and one that they stopped and got a turnover on downs early in the game. That was all due to Milano using his instincts, rushing the gap, and then making forcing LaMichael Pirine to, to go to his right and right into the arms of a defender. Like that was all Milano. And that that's just it just goes to show. And I know you you wrote a great piece uh on him and how his absence has really underscored his value to the team uh, the team's defense and certainly to potential contract negotiations this offseason, but it's it's it was, it's been night and day uh, on third downs especially, and how they started the game against third downs, going from uh, allowing the Jets to convert on two of their first three chances to shutting them out the rest of the way, going zero and five the rest of the way. Uh, I mean that just that just goes to show the importance and how again a little bit of confidence for one stop can help influence future stops as as they move forward yeah i think he's arguably the most important player on the defense um you know up there with jerry hughes right now he is um and i i just think the way kind of the domino effect of what he brings um you know from a scheme standpoint what they're able to do how they're able to match up with teams it's completely different and he wasn't out there all the time today but he was out there enough and I think even when he's out there, Tremaine Edmonds is a little bit of a different player, a little less hesitant because Matt Milano is that type of guy who can uh, erase mistakes for you on on the defensive side of the ball. He can uh, blow up plays because of his speed, his range, and he's he's just quick to diagnose and get after plays uh, in the run and passing game. Um, He's not perfect. Uh, He's not you know the best linebacker in football, but he's a pretty damn good player and does so much that you know can easily go unnoticed until he's gone and he's not you know i don't necessarily buy into the idea that he's injury prone a lot of people responded uh to that story i wrote saying well you know his value isn't very high because he's not on the field it's not entirely true i mean he's had minor hamstring injuries pop up and maybe that gets used against him in contract negotiations but most of his injuries have just been nagging things where he misses a game or two he hasn't missed a ton of games in his career so i don't know i i think he's a more valuable player than tremaine edmonds is i think he's a better player than tremaine edmonds is and i think he has been for um you know the better part of the last calendar year so uh you know if if he can get back healthy i think that changes a lot about what this this defense can be and it still won't be perfect because the secondary has some problems, but, um, you know, I, I, I do think Milano being out there was a good reminder of what he can bring to the table. And it, it was a good chance, you know, lucky for them. They had the jets on the schedule and were able to kind of ease him into a, a you know, right. a, a different kind of role just so, you know, he wasn't, um, you know, putting too much on his body too soon because they need him for the long haul, especially, um, you know, with with some of these offenses they have coming up. Now that he's got his feet wet, I'm I'm pretty much expecting him to be full go next week for that Patriots game. They need him every down, and you can be sure that the Patriots are going to have something 
uh, a little bit different that that the Bills haven't seen so far. And certainly their their running offense is their entire identity with either Cam Newton or Damian Harris or Rex Burkhead or uh, James White or insert running back here, J.J. Taylor. Um, they've just got a lot of different ways to attack uh, from a rushing perspective. And so they're going to need Milano out there a bunch because he is such an asset in run defending. Of course, pass coverage, he's he's huge there. I mean, this is, uh, they need him badly. So I'm expecting him to be their full go next week. But yeah, th- this was an all-around good defensive effort. You know, still some questions with when with the running game, but they stepped up when they needed to. So kudos to them on that because they ended up winning this game. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. That segues us to the offensive side of things. And when you look at the at what the Bills were able to do offensively from a yards perspective... And from moving the ball, it was all good. It, it, it seemed like you look at the box score and you think to yourself, all right, well, Josh Allen had an efficient day. I'm going to go 30 of 42 or 43 for over 300 yards um, and didn't throw an interception, had a strip sack that wasn't his fault. Um, it, but still, the score remained 18 to 10, which I don't think was truly indicative of the the weakness of the offensive performance but i think being unable to convert a touchdown on any one of their eight potential scoring drives where they were close they they were close enough to kick a field goal eight times you should be converting at least two or three if not four of those chances um for 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 points for more points for touchdowns and they weren't able to do it once and it was just a compilation of really poorly timed individual lapses. And, you know, Josh Allen is not uh, absolved from this, although I think uh, he had a little bit stronger of uh, of a day than only 18 points would, would indicate. Some missed early throws, but that's just kind of who he is at this point. Uh, you know, the I thought the guard play of both Butker and Brian Winters were horrible. In, in this game, and that's an issue for them, and they need Feliciano to come back in a big way. Butker took a holding penalty on their first and goal from the seven that pretty much just knocked him out, and then Winters took a penalty a, a play later to knock him even further uh, out, out of uh, out of touchdown contention. Um, then you have Tyler Croft falling over his own feet on what should have been a touchdown on another drive. Uh, Brian Dable getting in his own way by calling one too many um Isaiah McKenzie gadget plays and losing 11 yards on a promising drive on a first down that pretty much sealed that drive's fate. Uh, Just all of these different things where it's like you have just these one tiny mistake that permeates and you end up with a field goal drive rather than a touchdown drive. That is unacceptable. This game, from the way the offense 
was performing outside of like those those that one crushing play on on all of these different drives this game should have been a blowout like i have no doubt in my mind they should have outclassed this team but the difference is they didn't convert a single field goal into a touchdown or a single drive into a touchdown they should have scored 30 plus points this game if not 40 and it's a bit of an embarrassment for the offense that they couldn't convert on those drives, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, the fact that they're not scoring even close to the level that they were at the beginning of the season is a problem. You know, the last three weeks, they've got 16, 17, and 18 points. Um, You know, they haven't hit 20 points since they played against the Raiders. And I think teams are starting to figure out how to play them, starting to figure out how to limit those deep plays down the field. And they're forcing Josh Allen to have these long, you know, kind of tedious drives down the field with a lot of shorter throws, a lot of underneath throws. And they're kind of betting on him to make a mistake. And if the Jets could have capitalized, they would have picked off two passes of Josh Allen's in the first half. Um, It was a, a pretty ordinary game from him. I know, you know, 30 completions, 300 yards, um, you know, but he had 43 attempts. And, you know, couldn't finish any of these drives with touchdowns. The running game is is a bit of a problem. I think Zach Moss injected a little bit of life into it in the second half. But uh, they Ike Butker was definitely overmatched in this game. He, oh, he was, Quinn and Williams he was a problem. I, I think I counted three or four pressures in the first half alone. Um, and, you know, there was... Uh, two penalties from Brian Winters, one from Mike Butker. Brian Winters was getting tossed around on a few plays. Uh, Daryl Williams got schooled on that one, um, but he's otherwise yeah. been pretty good. But, yeah, oh, just yeah. Uh, overall um, pretty poor performance in pass protection from the offensive line, uh, a pretty poor rushing performance in some key spots. They're not really good at that, that whole read option game. Um, they don't seem comfortable with it. Uh, they have one running back touchdown all year. Um, that's really bad. Like, I, I mean, I know they have a lot mm-hmm. of touchdowns in other places, and Josh Allen was throwing for a bunch, but he hasn't been lately. They just haven't been putting the ball in the end zone, and it's not a new problem. Um, and, yeah, the the fact that defenses are figuring out how to play them and they haven't really adjusted, they haven't been carbon copies of each other, these, these game plans that teams have used the last three weeks. But the general idea is the same, um, you know, play two deep safeties or play uh, deep zones and take away uh, that part of the game, you know, take away, you know, play more zone coverage than man coverage, take away the crossers um, and then try to put some pressure on Josh Allen. And the game plans are working and the Bills haven't adjusted. And, yeah, they've been missing John Brown. They missed Dawson Knox the last few weeks, but. Uh, you know, they have some injuries on the offensive line. Not enough to to really say that, you know, that will be the master fix. It's a it, You're not beating too many teams uh, scoring 18 points. You'll beat the Jets. I don't know that you beat, you know, hardly any other team on the schedule scoring 18 points. So they have some things to, to fix on that side of the ball. Because even in these games, you know, even against the Chiefs, if the offense had been better, as bad as the defense was at times, you know, that's a winnable game um, if you can put up 30 points on the Chiefs. Uh, this one, you know, the, the defense kind of had to steal for them because they couldn't finish any drives uh, with touchdowns. So, 
Yeah, it's a it's a concerning to me a very concerning performance from the offense these last three weeks, and um, you know maybe they can you know have better luck against the Patriots, um, but Josh Allen needs to find a little bit of what he had in the first month of the season because I don't know I don't know that anybody's gonna be talking about the MVP anytime soon if he can't can't get back to that. The only thing is though. This, how they played the Jets, it was the exact same approach as what they did in week one. The key difference is, though, they they just converted on touchdown attempts. And, I mean, the Bills, they should have had at least two touchdowns. I mean, the one got nullified on an illegal formation, and that's a that's a mental error that they can't afford to have. And then the other one... Like I pointed out, Tyler Croft quite literally having a clear path to the end zone and then falling over his own feet. I mean, I don't know if he was tired because he was up uh, earlier in the week for for a lot of hours because, you know, welcome in the, the birth of his daughter. Uh, but, I mean, he, he that should have been a touchdown. He knew it. He, he laid on the ground like, oh my God, what a missed opportunity. What a huge play that could have been. Those are, those are two touchdowns that puts this game into blowout status as opposed to what it wound up being and Josh Allen in that first Jets game pretty similar stats when you look at it 33 of 46 312 yards along of 29 the difference is two touchdowns as opposed to zero touchdowns also I believe he had a, a lost fumble in in that game he had too, two to, in the first half yeah actually. two of them so it's so it's like they they knew what the Jets were going to do. It was this cover two, and they knew that they were going to have these long standing drives. And uh, Cole Beasley was great. Um, Stefan Diggs uh, found some seams sometimes, uh, and and certainly they they were just attacking him that way. And it was working up until the point where they needed it to to punch it home. And that's that's the biggest line of demarcation for me. Like these individual errors right when the drive needs you to be at your best. That's the worrisome issue for me. And they need to, I don't know what they need to do to correct that, but I don't know if it's a, if it's just them really getting down and trying to finally cancel out all, all of these different mental errors because it's been kind of a, a thing the last few weeks. These, these penalties that have, uh, really riddled these drives where they thought they had a stop or they thought they they had a positive offensive play and then only to have it go all for naught because the, someone screwed up. That 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 can't happen against better teams, and we've seen it happen against better teams, and it's screwed them over because of it. And whether it be keeping the opposing offense on the on the field or preventing the offense from putting the ball into the end zone, so. This is this is something that they need to clean up in a hurry, and the but the 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 encouraging part to this is that at least the bones are there a little bit of them having some potential to put it there because the yards are still there. Um, after going back and looking at Josh Allen's last game, I don't think he was as bad as I thought he was when the game ended against the Chiefs, and. The, the passing offense is is still working. It's about putting the ball in the end zone and to converting on touchdowns 
And that is a huge thing. It was an issue for them last year. It wasn't an issue in the first four games this year. And now they need to get back to finding that that clutch gene, if that exists, to be able to convert these drives and to make sure that uh, that you're not just getting by by the skin of your teeth like they did today against the Jets. Here's the biggest problem with the offense um, summed up in one stat. In the first four games of the season, Josh Allen was 21 for 27 for 585 yards on passes that traveled 15 yards or more in the air. He had three touchdowns and one interception on those passes. In the last three games, he's 5 for 20 on those passes for 110 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. They're not pushing the ball down the field. Now, I don't know if it's a... It's most likely a symptom of how defenses are playing them, and I, I don't know if right, that's yeah. a case of in the first part of the season, teams said, well, this guy really sucked last year throwing the ball deep, so let's make him beat us deep. And then he did it for a month, and teams said, all right, well, we should probably not let him do that. And, yeah, enough of that. <laughs> play him this way. Well, now you got to figure out how to put the ball in the end zone this way. Um, it's as simple as that. you got to You still have to be able to push the ball downfield, Still got to be able to generate points. The way teams are playing them the last three weeks, it's working. If you score less than 20 points in an NFL game, you're probably going to lose um, more often than not. Uh, you're not going to be playing the Jets in January. And, you know, score 18 in the playoffs, and that's probably going to mean an early exit. So uh, they have to have an answer for how teams are. You knew teams were going to respond, right? They weren't just going to let, mm-hmm. you know, Josh Allen go unchecked the entire year. He was. He was playing well, but a lot of it you could tell was uh, guys running open and and some really good scheming. There would be an answer for that, and now he needs to figure out, you know, how to answer to that. And he's, you know, I think these poor games he's had, or ordinary or average, whatever you want to call these games, they haven't been disasters. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, the, he's had some. Uh, he's been flirting with disaster um, pretty often probably too often uh, for their liking. So I don't know if the shoulder is impacting him at all. He's still got that thing wrapped up in a brace. It doesn't seem to be because he's Mm -mm. still ramming himself into defensive players uh, with (laughs) alarming regularity, but um, it's a, it's something, um, you know, he, he did hurt it against the Raiders. So um, I, I don't know. It's, he needs to, I think he's the, the number one key to, their potential this season when you saw how he was playing or how the passing offense was playing in the first month of the season, it was fair to think about them making a run in the playoffs. If he plays like he has the last three weeks and the offense plays like it has the last three weeks, I just don't see this team going anywhere um, in the postseason. Yeah, that, that will be the, the biggest thing that they, they need to fix. They need to be able to score with regularity. And this is now, what three straight weeks that they've been held to under 20 points it's just one of those weeks coming against the jets i mean if <laughs> the fact that they are making their field goal kicker attempt eight <laughs> uh field goals in a game means the offense is not going really well at when it when they need it to the most like they should not be having that that many field goal attempts maybe it's it's a matter of them going for it on a fourth down and trying to continue drives that way. Um, it just seems like one thing happens 
after they gain a bunch of yards early on in drives, and then all of a sudden things just uh, go sideways. And that's, that's just not going to win them a bunch of games down the stretch. So the offense, while the defense picked them up this time around and, and helped secure the victory the way that the offense picked up the defense for however many weeks um, that they did in, in the beginning of the season, um, it's not sustainable. And to move on in the playoffs, to become the team that they want to become, they need so much more um, in terms of converting field goals to touchdowns. That will be the difference. I said it before. I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. This game should have been 30-plus points to 10 uh, in favor of the Bills. It probably should have been in the 40s, but they failed to convert so many different times, and that's just unacceptable moving forward. Um, they, they have to be better against better teams. The Patriots are going to be a tough out next week. And I know they just got blown out by the 49ers, but this is still a good team that can put points on the board. They have a good defense. They, they have more of a defensive uh, uh, ability than, than what we saw from the Jets this past week. And that's not really breaking any news there. The Bills must, absolutely must, find answers when they need it most, when they're on the opponent's half of the field, because right now they're just out of them. And I don't know what the fix is. I don't know if it's um, getting back to basics and not trying to get too cute when you get down in those areas, or uh, or if it's... I, I, honestly, I don't even know what the fix is, or maybe if it's just a matter of them not, I guess, vomiting all over themselves when they get to, to those opportunities, because right now that's what's happening. Yeah, and you know stuff like like Tyler Croft falling on what could have been a touchdown, like that's one of those that should have been a. That's touchdown. one of those things. It's like okay, whatever. Like that, it's going to happen. Like a guy tripped. That's not anything that is like inherently wrong with the offense, right? It's a it's right, one of those right. plays that like those are going to happen. Uh, at least the play was executed. The pass was completed. It wasn't like he was wide open and and Josh Allen missed him. It was he fell. Like you know, sometimes weird stuff happens like that. But like yeah, it was a perfectly thrown ball right, too. It like should, all that it, it stuff should have resulted. Better. Yeah, like it was executed well. Um, other than the putting one foot in front of the other part, but um, you would. <laughs> right. It's not like that's anything Tyler Croft needs to get corrected. Like he knows how to run. Um, you know he'll he'll probably Hopefully. make that happen. Um, in the future, the but when you have like penalties, uh, negating touchdowns or um, yeah. you know other lack of execution, you know whether it's. Um, you know, holding penalties or blown blocks that lead to sacks or missed throws. That's, you know, the stuff that can add up and, and create problems for an offense. So it's it's just for not been good enough. And there's still time. Like, I, I think, you know, the we talk a lot about it's never as good as it seems or as bad as it seems. It's usually somewhere in the middle. And, uh, you know, you can really – rationalize this game from any direction depending on what you um you wanted to see coming in or, you know there's a lot of people mm -hmm. uh, it was one of those weird games um which is to say all of them on twitter um where it was like in the first half oh nobody nobody's got you know the balls to call out this team and uh people better be you know roasting mcdermott after this game and then it's like in the second half it's like come on, a win is a win. Just relax, you know? So it's like <laughs> it, it, the... Have your cake and eat it too. Right. It is just a... It's bizarre. Yeah. Uh, it's a bizarre website yeah. uh, and, and a bizarre uh, sport. But 
yeah, it's it's never the sky's you know not falling on this team, but it's very fair to question what the upside is uh, when you get smacked the way that they did by the Titans and Chiefs, and then can't come out and you know throw the ball all over the yard against the Jets. So this Jets team has been bad this year. They fill out a lot of points. Like they're not a very good football team. Uh, they might be the worst football team in the NFL. So. I don't think there's a might to that. Yeah, I, I think, think I think they, they pretty are. much are. Um, they'll probably be yeah. picking number one. And to not, you know, I, of course, style points don't matter, right? The Bills are five and two. They're in first place uh, in the AFC East. Uh, they got a nice, comfortable lead over the Patriots. The Dolphins are actually in second place. So, um, you know, it's a good spot to be in. They're probably going to make the playoffs. But they also have a negative point differential for the season. You know, like. Mm-hmm. That tells you something about uh, a five and two football team. Uh, if they have a negative point dif- differential, it does not happen often. And a lot of the five and two football teams that have negative point differentials don't end up in the postseason. I think that will not be the case with this Bills team. I think they'll make the playoffs, um, especially with the expanded playoffs and the dismal state of the AFC East. But I don't think this season. I mean, they're five and two. Right. They, they have a <laughs> commanding lead in the division. They're five and yeah. two. Um, and there's an extra playoff spot this year. so And the next closest team just uh, benched their starting quarterback for a rookie. Correct, which, hey, could be maybe that's a spark for them. The way some of these rookie yeah. quarterbacks are playing, who knows. Um, I think they put them in because maybe they see an opportunity and they realize they know what Fitz is and they think if Tua can get it together and you know they have the bye week to get him ready, then you know if he can do what you know, Justin Herbert's doing in, in L.A. or – uh, what Joe Burrow is doing in Cincinnati, then with the rest of the team they have in place, maybe they can win games. So um, not counting the Dolphins out, not counting the Patriots out, but I would say it's safe to say that the Bills are going to make the playoffs. Maybe, you know, they win the division. But I don't know that that was ever, you know, the division part was probably a goal heading into the season. It's a goal every year. But if they win the AFC mm-hmm. East and get bounced in the first round, I don't think anybody's thrilled about that. I, I think a lot of people right. coming into this right. season – thought about this as a team that, you know, the benchmark was going to be winning a playoff game or multiple playoff games. And after the way they played in the first four games of the season, people were thinking uh, even more than that. But I I just, right now, the way they're playing and the way um, we've seen teams answer to both Sean McDermott's defense and Josh Allen uh, they have another level to reach before you can confidently say they're a team that can make a run in, in January. Any team can get hot at the right time. Uh, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. Uh, but I, I, I think you need to see a little bit more out of this group in, in some important games before you can confidently say that it's a team that, that's ready to make a run. Yeah, no doubt there. All right, shall we give out some awards uh, for for this game? I think there are plenty of uh, fine candidates, although maybe maybe not so much someone else. You know what? Yeah, I think I think we got some good candidates on on a lot of them. So let's kick it off with the Dre Archer Award for the player that did not show up all game. I will gift this one to two different players that both play the same position. I will give it to Ike Butker and Brian Winters were simply terrible against the Jets today. Quinnen Williams had himself a day, and he's a good player, but Ike Butker was, I mean, it just he just did not seem ready for the moment. 
Um, John Feliciano can't get back uh, quickly enough. Same thing with Cody Ford. Brian Winters has been a weakness for them since he's entered the starting lineup. So I'm going to give the Dre Archer award to those two guys. Uh, any other? Do you agree, A, and, and B, do you have anyone else you had in mind for that award? No, they are who I had written down. And Perfect. it's kind of one of those. We talked about Quentin Spain on the last episode, and you sit there and watch these guards and think, man, what did they do to make Quentin Spain so angry that – they had to cut him this week of all weeks. Like, why is Brian Winters in the lineup instead of Quentin Spain? I don't know. Um, but Brian Winters can't be part of the long-term plan. They need Cody Ford and John Feliciano back healthy as soon as possible mm-hmm. because both of those guys um, had a really rough go of it. Yes, they sure did. All right, the uh, Vontae Davis Award for the player that did not show up in the second half. I'll let you lead off with this one. I'm going to give it to the entire Jets offense. Uh, four total yards huh. is um, pretty much the definition of, of this. Uh, and, yeah, that was a, a really rough showing. You could hand it out to pretty much any one of those guys because really none of them did anything. But, um, yeah, it seems seemed like a layup. Yeah, that, I, I'd probably agree there. Um, Denzel Mims just going from four catches and 42 yards to nothing in the second half like like you said you could give it to any number one of those guys but but yeah i mean he everyone's like oh denzel mims and then just just gone <laughs> he did gone look pretty from, good there for a little while but he yeah. did he did it was his first game give him so. credit yeah that's yeah, a it's a it's a tough thing and then of course the running game really didn't uh, get going for them at all in the second half and they didn't really commit to it at all which i thought was kind of a mistake anyway all right the blaine gabbert award for perseverance, it's got to go to one player and one player only. And that player has got to be Tyler Bass, right? Is there anyone else that could honestly have a shot at this award after badly shanking the first uh, field goal attempt and then coming back and nailing six field goals of his next seven, including a 50-plus yarder? I mean, that's... that's uh, he easily could have let that one just go sideways on him, but but to his credit, six of eight. I mean, not a great percentage, seventy five percent, I guess, but still six field goals, and he was their only source of offense this evening. So uh, I'll I'll give that I'll give that to the rookie kicker. Yeah, he even missed a thirty seven yarder somewhere in the middle of the game and had to bounce back right. again. So yeah, he yeah never has there been a more obvious uh, choice for this award that was a what a what a game from him and what a weird year he's having uh oh yeah he's going to be a complete wild card uh if they're ever in an important game because who the hell knows what's going to happen every time he gets up there to kick the ball yeah it's it's almost reminiscent of what the bills went through the first year they had Corey bajorquez only this one is so much more meaningful because Tyler Bass is the difference. If he's good on some plays, then it's the difference between them scoring points and potentially winning the game, as opposed to with Bajorquez, he could shank a punt and the Bills defense can still bail them out. Bass, if he misses multiple field goals, that's that could be the difference between a win and a loss. So um, kind of similar, but not all that similar. But I think the the point is the Bills usually like to give their younger players time to get comfortable and to find who they are 
and and things like that. They they did it with Bajorquez, and I would I would ex- expect them to give uh, Tyler Bass the the uh, the type of chances that Bajorquez got, even when he was struggling in his rookie season. Okay, the Sean McDermott gotta watch the tape award. Uh, who do you got and why? I'm gonna go with Ike Butger because can he get two Oof. awards? I feel like he can get two. Absolutely, awards. yeah. Why not? He was that bad, um, and it is one of those. It would be a classic case of trying to defend a guy with the tape because he's a rookie, or he's not a rookie, but he was making his first start. Um, he's a young guy that they've been developing, and you know. He's just a young player going through it. I, I can just hear it all in my head, and it it really is hard to explain away what he did. Um, he he was not very good. Right. Um, I would tend to agree with you there. Uh, I'll throw one in for Gabriel Davis, perhaps. Uh, he he wound up with only one catch today, and it's like, well. Maybe maybe good old Sean needs to watch the tape on him, but he just he had a big chance today against a bad Jets team to be a factor. Played, let's see, let me go back to my notes here. Played ninety five percent of the snaps um, by my snap counts that I took during the game, and just was not uh, was not what they needed. Of course, he had the touchdown that was nullified, but all the same. I mean, just wasn't he? He could have been a much bigger factor all game long, and he just wasn't. Um, could have found the the soft spots in the zone. Just uh, it it wasn't his night, and uh, missed a, a pretty large opportunity there, in in my opinion. Yeah, he he almost had the touchdown, um, but yeah, I, I think since teams have kind of switched up their approach on them, he he's had a, a tougher time, and yeah. Yeah, it's to be expected. He's he's a rookie, and you know he's going to go through you know some some ups and downs. But big opportunity with John Brown out, and it just didn't seem that he was uh, ready to handle that increased responsibility. Yeah, uh, special uh, a second. Got to watch the tape, perhaps to AJ Klein, who we, he might wind up having this award named after him for the amount of times that, that he's in contention for it because he was just bad again. But got to watch the tape to see what he did. Anyway. All right. Um, I think that's going to do it for us this time around. The Bills are 5-2 and two, um, after beating the Jets. If you want, you can go and read uh, Matthew Fairburn's story after the game about... Uh, why don't, you, why don't you just tell people what it's about rather than me trying to sum it, sum it up? Yeah, the general thought was... Um how you feel about the Bills win over the Jets depends on how you feel about the Bills um, because that kind of a little bit what we talked about here, but also um, just the inordinate amount of replies I was getting on Twitter about random things. It was just like you, you could see the, the argument and the conversation coming a mile away when the point spread came out. It was like, you know, oh, Bills are a big, big favorite. Uh, do they need to blow them out to, you know, drive home the point uh or do they need to or is a win a win um so if you were looking for reasons to for some optimism they were certainly there but if there were things that concerned you about those this bills team uh they didn't exactly go away this week and you know it seemed like this team with everything that went on this weekend um with dawson knox testing positive for covid and three other guys going on the list and 
Still a lot of uncertainty about whether that will lead to more positive tests, how their flight, you know, was a little messed up yesterday. Um, it just delayed, not like anything went wrong on the flight. I don't want right. people saying, what happened to the plane? Um, but just a lot going on, a lot going on the last few weeks with their schedule getting disrupted. They seemed real relieved to to have this win. They seemed really happy about it, um, which was strange because it was not a particularly convincing win. Um, I took some Twitter flack for calling it an uninspiring win, but um, apparently many people were inspired, so... Uh, more power to you, but like I said, you can kind of find whatever you want in a game like this, uh, and that's the the nature of these these weird in between games that are not quite mm-hmm. uh, not quite convincing, but but still have their moments. Yeah, certainly, and uh, you can re- find that. You can also see my full observations from the game, which includes. A lot more stuff on Matt Milano, some conversation on Dane Jackson, what they might have to do with him, um, and some three and out numbers that will probably make your jaw drop. So uh, be, be sure to go and check that out, and you can find a special uh, a special price for people that haven't subscribed. If you go to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat, get yourself a discount by going to theathletic.com slash thebuffalobeat on a yearly subscription to The Athletic. All right, Matthew Fairburn, any words tonight? I'm out of of words, um, as I have been many times lately. Um, but <laughs> I love that you're out of words and then you still have words. I occasionally do, but I am out. I am out of words. Other than, I, I'll add this. Um, oh, here it is. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm going to, well, I probably will, but I feel like I can't be on Twitter during games with the way people just lose their minds on there. Maybe it's just me, but it seems like it's gotten worse. Um, Maybe it just comes with uh, a game like that, but it's like, man, like people need to calm down on there. It is, it is unbelievable. So I will be, maybe I'll spend more time hanging out in the real time section of the athletic app, which you should, uh, you should go over to get a plug in here with my words of farewell. Go over to the real-time section, which is like Twitter, except without all the nonsense. Um, and I think you can still get in for a dollar a month uh, yeah. for a little while. So, yeah, go over there, and yeah. we can uh, we can swear off Twitter together. <laughs> what a pitch. Uh, all right, so that'll do it for us. We will next speak with you uh later in the week as the Bills are getting ready for their game against the New England Patriots. It'll be a home game and one that I'm sure they'll be favored in. And that will be... They are favored by four points. Ter- yeah, they are. In, in fact, they are. It'll be some unfamiliar territory for this Bills team and trying to uh, undo the uh, the New England hex that has, that has been around for a while. And even though they play them tough, it's just... It's just kind of thing. They have to prove that they can beat that team and to, to move on into the AFC East division winning as well. All right. So for Matthew Fairburn, my name is Joe Piscalia. Thank you all for listening to this episode of the Buffalo Beat. And we will next talk to you later this week. Talk to you then.